Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to my weekly From My Mama's Kitchen talk radio show. My guest for this morning is Anne Barham. She is a certified regression therapist and the author of the newly released book, The Past Life Perspective, Discovering Your True Nature Across Multiple Lifetimes. Anne and I will be discussing and taking a rare and fascinating intimate glimpse at past life regression therapy and how to use this powerful tool to improve your understanding of your personal challenges and deepen your connection with the world around you. Good morning, Anne. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, Johnny. I'm doing great and very happy to be on the radio with you. Fantastic. It is a pleasure to have you on the air. The Past Life Perspective is a fascinating and terrific read. The spiritual aspects of our life is magnified in the sense that our journey in the here and now is not limited to the physical sense, but rather it includes our soul as well. So congratulations for that. Oh, well, thank you so much. Wonderful. Let us start by getting to know you a little better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of your life from childhood to the present moment. <laughs> Sounds like a college essay here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we have the whole That's hour. Right. So you want me to talk? I'll try to keep it brief. <laughs> it's been a long life. Um, I'm, I'm a native Californian. I was uh, born and raised in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, had a really interesting childhood in that my father was a Midwestern German descent and my mother was uh, the daughter of Sicilian immigrants. So we had like culture clash at home <laughs> between the two mm-hmm. styles of, of life and approach to the world. Um, I was raised Catholic, but that absolutely did not work for me. Um, so I rebelled <laughs> at about age 13 and said, I'm not going to church anymore. <laughs> and that started sort of a lifelong um, spiritual quest and journey for me, and I think that that is one of the things that, that led to the kind of work that I'm doing now. Um, I uh, did great in school, went to college down in Southern California, found that that didn't really work for me, so I actually dropped out of college and went to live in Hawaii for a couple of years realized later that that was definitely a past life thing. My most immediate prior lifetime, I believe, was in Hawaii. And when I stepped off the plane in this life, it was I felt like I was coming home. <laughs> it was a pretty amazing experience. Um, did my thing there for a while, came back here, got back into school, actually became a computer programmer, did that for a number of years, um, then got more into the technical writing side and then got into marketing, advertising, and PR for high-tech companies and finally burned out on all the engineering side of life. So I went into small business management and actually worked for a sod farm for a number of years, managing all the, the business aspects, and then got the kind of bolt of lightning that said, Anne, it's time for you to do something else, and you need to go back to school and get your master's in counseling psychology. And that was sort of one of those bolts out of the blue. <laughs> you, you know, it's kind of like, okay, I guess I better pay yeah. attention to this. Yeah. Um, so I did that, went to Santa Clara University, got my degree, and since I wasn't quite sure what I was supposed to do with it, I decided, well, I'll go get my license as a marriage and family therapist. And I did that, and um, then hmm, about five, six years into that, um, realized again that there was something more that I was supposed to be doing, and then it turned out, gee, you actually could be doing past life regression work. So that thought popped in. Mm-hmm. And um, shortly thereafter, two of the world's greats at the time um, did week-long trainings, professional trainings close to where I live. So that was definitely a sign from the universe that, yes, indeed, this was the right direction to go. So um, I ended up doing that and then introducing that into my practice, and it's evolved to the point now for the past mm, 18 years or so. That's essentially the main thing that I've been doing is past life regression work with people. One of the reasons why I asked that question to all my guests is because life is a journey. 
and of course, what we're about to talk about is the soul journey, but let's talk about the present journey now that we're in. We are the sum total of who we are, what we've done over the years. Oh, yeah, what over the have, entire lifetimes, too. Yeah, right. <laughs> right, right. The interesting part about it that you have sort of weaved your own little, for lack of a better term here, this beautiful fabric in your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And certainly when you're doing the weaving, you at least for me, I very often had no clue where I was headed. You know, that's how it is when you're in the present Precisely. moment. You just have to have yeah. the faith that somehow this is moving towards something that's all going to come together at a certain point. And um, so from the perspective that I can look back now, I can see how so many of these threads, so many of the challenges that I dealt with in my life helped mm-hmm. me become a really good therapist because I could understand and relate to the things that people are going through. Well, in essence, you were an experiential therapist rather than, per se, and I say this with respect, academic therapist. Right, yeah. Um, When they say that you're a a clinical therapist, that means you're working in a clinic type of situation, hands-on with people. You're not doing research or... Mm testing subjects or things like that. You're at you're working one on one with individual clients who um who you're working to help improve their lives. And mm-hmm. that's definitely where I shine is mm-hmm. really being able to work one on one with someone and, and help them sure. move through the things that are getting in their way. Why did you decide to pursue a vocation in counseling and especially in the area of marriage and family? Um, Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I did have a lot of challenges in my life. I struggled with depression. Um, I was born into a family where my grandfather had committed suicide just days before I was born, so there was much turmoil. There were relatives with alcohol and drug addiction problems. Um, So I had a lot of things to work through for myself, and um, I marriage and family therapists sort of saved my life at certain points as far as really helping me work through issues. So when I hit that point in my life where kind of high-tech world and business wasn't really doing it for me anymore, that was, you know, kind of a something that came up as, you know, I think I've learned a lot in this whole area. I like working one-on-one like that with people. So, you know, I want to be on the other side of the couch now Mm -hmm. in a sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's what got me probably going in that direction and um you know and then it gradually evolved to the specialty that I have that's that's the thing that really feeds me as far as being able to really work with people on a spiritual level as well very very interesting eventually as part of you weaving your fabric of life you got drawn into the study and practice of past life regression so what drew you in that direction well as I mentioned, I started doing my own kind of spiritual questing when I was in my adolescence, and you know, it's kind of a normal time mm-hmm. for people mm-hmm. anyway, uh, to start questioning the beliefs they've been raised with and whether they really fit for themselves or not. And um, I did quite a bit of you know, reading about other traditions, other religions, and when I came across the concept of reincarnation, for me, it was one of those immediate, well, of course this makes total sense. The idea just really Mm -hmm. resonated with me. So it was something that at a fairly early age that I began to embrace as as a concept and and more of a belief. And Mm -hmm. um, did various experimentations over the years, you know, seeing psychics or um, doing a regression with someone or something like that. Um, And there's just... It's one of those things where when you find your niche or passion, you you know it. And mm-hmm. so, I you know, over time, it was just like, this is just the direction for me. And I didn't, it didn't really connect that I could do it professionally for mm-hmm. a while. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But then when that came in, it was like, well, of course. You know, it's one of those things where some things come yeah. so naturally yeah. to you that you don't recognize that that's your unique gift or talent. Um, and it, it takes a while sometimes to kind of get it that, oh, I can do this professionally. This is this is the way that I'm meant to be helping other people on the planet. 
Um, so, you know, finally all the pieces came into place. And I think if I had come to that conclusion earlier, um, I, I wouldn't have been as good a, good a therapist. So, again, I think so much is in the journey and learning what you need to learn along your path rather than what the end point is that you get to. What you just explained to me is the maturing of the soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you on that. It's, you know, we... There's so many things that we come into our current life with sort of an agenda to to perhaps learn or directions that we want to grow as a being. And if we jump to the end, it's like, you know, reading the end of a book before you've read the story. Um, yeah. You know, you don't get that that depth. You don't get the learning. And it's really in that journey that we find out who we are. We find out what we believe in. We find out what we're made of, and we have to make those really important decisions that that form us. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just it's one step after the other on the path, knowing that it's going to mm-hmm. open up in front of you as you go along. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've learned in my life is that every bruises matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Good one, yeah. Not that we wish those right. bruises upon ourselves, but when we have them, we have to value them, right? Right, right, right. There is a reason for it. Yeah. Do you believe in reincarnation prior to the study? Well, I mean, pretty obviously, uh, you know, it's something as I described that in my adolescence, I... I learned about and began to embrace. It certainly wasn't something that my um, family ever talked about because that didn't fit with the traditional Catholic doctrine. Um, Right. So, um, but I did. I mean, as as I said, when I came across it, to me, it just really made sense. And over the years, I mean, with the number of people that I have regressed, and these, I mean, it includes many people that don't know if they believe in in it or not. They're kind of curious. They just want to check it out. Um, and we do go to, to prior lifetimes that are very impactful. They're amazing stories, and, and you think, mm-hmm. wow, if, if this is just their imagination, this mm-hmm. person should be a best-selling author, you know, because the stories are just <laughs> amazing, and, and they speak directly to, to the life, uh, the current life of people, and they resolve issues very quickly when we're able to get to the root of them in the prior life. So I'm pretty convinced. Very interesting. One of the books that I really enjoyed reading, titled God is a Verb, and I forgot the author's name. It's written Hmm. by a rabbi. And it's a very interesting book. Yeah, it's written by a rabbi, and it's about the more traditional practice of Judaism. And he wasn't Uh trying to get people to convert to Judaism or anything like that, but the idea was reading that book, it tells you about how all the different cultures, the spirituality of the different cultures, this dated back thousands of years, and we are somehow, somewhere along the line, weave, and we talked about this just now earlier, the fabrics of life, that yeah. somehow everything mashed into together, and the main theme was reincarnation. And the traditional Jewish sect does believe in reincarnation. Yeah, you know, and um, I'm glad you brought up that point because that's true of many traditions um, and even mainstream Christianity. um, Mm -hmm. Originally, reincarnation was one of the beliefs and it it was a political move uh, back in the years of Constantine, way back in, you know, like Mm -hmm. 325 A.D. that decided to eliminate it from the official Christian doctrine. But prior to that, it was part part and parcel. Um, so, yeah. And yeah. I've, I've even had um, clients who were Mormon who told me that mm-hmm. kind of the more esoteric Mormonism actually yeah. includes yeah. a belief in reincarnation. So it's something that has actually crossed many religions and many cultures. It's just kind of gone more underground in the Western world more. Um, but yeah. you know, still yeah. over over fifty percent of the world's population espouses reincarnation as a belief. So you know, right. we have to kind of stop yeah. and look at that. The West, we us Westerners get kind of 
self-centered and think that our view of the world is, <laughs> is the only one, uh, and that's not true. <laughs> so, I was just going to say that, that the book you talked about sounds wonderful, yeah. and I think the, the title in and of itself speaks really um, directly to the whole point that holding a belief is one thing, but acting out of it is the other. Yeah. And so right. it, it is our actions that, are going, that really speak to who we are and what we believe. Certainly. When you talk about the early Christianity, I mean, when they say Jesus coming back, they were talking about like he'll be back this weekend. We're not talking about some 2,000 years later or anything like that. The other yeah. thing we have yeah. to remember is that the Bible was not written down until many years after Christ died. And, right. um, and then it was also subject to, I mean, it's, it's a human, it may have been divinely inspired, but it's right, a right. human uh, artifact and right. subject right. to all the interpretations that whoever was writing it, and it was written by a lot of different people, and some things got thrown out, and, you know, there's different versions. Sure. So, um, yeah, we don't know exactly what, what all was being referred <laughs> to necessarily. So true, so true. How did past life therapy help you personally? Well, I have some um, interesting stories in my book um, from my own life, um, which just helped to illustrate some of the, some of the ways it's impacted me. But probably the most dramatic, which I do describe in the book, is um, when I was in graduate school and um, a professor actually regressed me to kind of demonstrate, just in case you run into someone who seems to be having past life memories, here's how you work with them. And um, I had a problem with my feet that impacted my ability to do um, various athletic activities. And um, he took me back to a lifetime um, as a young Asian woman whose feet were being bound. And um, I was very rebellious, did not want that to happen, and um, made a plan to run away and disgraced my family, the whole thing, and eventually... um, ended up killing myself as a result of the dishonor I had brought on the family. And um, and while I was having that regression, my legs were shaking uncontrollably. It was like they were just releasing all sorts of really weird energy that had been locked in them. And um, immediately after the regression, the problem with my feet was gone. I mean, and this was a problem that I'd had surgery for, um, ultrasound treatments, and it still still was an issue. And then right after that regression, the very next day, I was out on the tennis court, I was doing whatever, and my feet weren't bothering me at all. So, And that's been um, consistent for years and years now. So that's a pretty dramatic example of an actual physical problem that um, got resolved. Not to say that past life work will solve every physical problem. I think I'm a little unusual in some of that, although I have had other clients where we've had some some issues resolved. Um, I think the other thing for me that that my own past life work has done is really deeply enriched my life as far as um, my understanding of my connections with the people who are important to me now and the fact that understanding that we've been together before We'll probably be together again. Um, the various dynamics, maybe that even we're struggling with now, fit into a whole big pattern of, of continuity and and a, a very strong bond that really extends beyond the ages. And then it's also really enriched my life in terms of the connection that I have with different cultures and different parts of the world and and different ways of being because I've. Um, had some really, really powerful experiences even traveling internationally when I've um, mm-hmm. been somewhere where I've, I, I've lived before and have had very, very um, profound, even spontaneous memories come up. Uh, for instance, when I was in Egypt and when I was in Israel, kind of the things that almost knock you off your feet. You're just like, oh, my God, because <laughs> all this information is just like, boom, yeah, you're having yeah. this major spiritual opening. Um, and it, yeah. it was um, based on... on being in that that same location again, so many many different ways um, that it's really enriched my life. 
when you were growing up, were you fascinated or drawn towards history as a subject? You know, that's really a great question. Um, not so much, which is which is kind of interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But as I, you know, more in my adult life, one of the things mm-hmm. that I love is historical fiction because mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. like really dry academic texts, but I love <laughs> the history. So, right. um, yeah, so that's kind of my way of doing it. And I, I realized actually a lot of doing past life work with people is kind of like reading a historical fiction because I'm yeah, getting the yeah. stories yeah. of their lives and the little intimate details of their lives. And, and we're going to these time periods where people dress differently and acted differently and, you know, the whole thing. So it's really kind of fun yeah. how that, yeah. that relates. But that's a really great question because actually as a, as a younger child in, in, in school, I, nah, history was not that big a thing for me. The reason I ask that question is because, like everyone else was growing up, I loved reading Nancy Drew, the Hardy Boys, and all that. And then I sort of pivoted away from all of that, and I really love history. Uh-huh. I enjoyed history, reading history books and so forth. And then in our school system, to whereby in grade nine, you take this big national exam, and then you were streamed to the science and the art streams. So I was okay. fortunate enough to be in the science stream. However, when you're in the science stream, it tend to be dry, like what you were talking about, math, exactly, yeah, sciences, geography, rather than history. I love the story side of the equation. As I grew up and people that have met me, I've always been sort of, for lack of a better term, mentally more mature for my age. And people would comment in terms of the adults, that is, the ones that are up in years, and said, young man, you have an old soul in you. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder the correlation from that perspective. Yeah. Um, well, I, so I, have, I have two things I want to address there, and then and one is first is the that whole thing of what you're drawn to, especially at a young age, and um, mm-hmm. what your talents are. So, for instance, with me, um, when I was younger, math and science, I was like super whiz kid at math and science, mm-hmm. and also mm-hmm. in foreign languages, which is kind of related to math. Um, and I, you know, kind of focused on that for the early part of my career being a computer programmer and that kind of thing, but then I was done with it, and I think I was finishing up, and, you know, obviously these were some talents that I carried forward from prior lifetimes, and we often do this, is that, like, kind of early in our in our current life, our direction might follow something that, that we'd done um, in the past that we that we had a talent for or maybe that we started doing but didn't quite get finished and we want to kind of put the finishing touches on our mastery in that area or something like that and and then we may move on because our sole plan is okay we're going to finish that up and now we're going to go in this other direction um, mm-hmm. so I would say as far as your talents and abilities you um, you also seem to have that kind of dual brain thing where your right brain and your left brain are are both equally strong so that even though that you have this interest in history and the and the softer sciences you might call them that you yeah. test it out as as um going more the science track so um just it's just really interesting to see that because we do carry forward talents and abilities from the past um and then the other thing I want to say about that, your comment is the whole old mm-hmm. soul concept. And I, yeah. what people, I think, mean when they're referring to that is they're just seeing that level of maturity or depth in you that they might not expect of someone that, of your age, especially when you're mm-hmm. younger. Mm-hmm. And, but the truth is we don't, everybody's an old soul. Um, yeah. It's not that, that there's this, you know, brand new soul all of a sudden. Um, but may but some of us maybe spend more time on Earth than others do. You know, there's some mm-hmm. souls that just love being on the planet and come in lifetime after lifetime. There's others that are kind of like, eh, every few hundred years or so, maybe I'll come back. <laughs> um, you know, and it just depends. There's just a variety in all of that. But 
some personalities that we come into are much more connected with the spiritual realms than others. And mm-hmm. and that again is also a soul choice. You know, it's like I really want to be expressing our, my spiritual nature in human form on this planet mm-hmm. in this lifetime. But then maybe the next lifetime it's like I really want to be dealing with the material world and working on the mastery <laughs> of the material world. And it's not a direct line. It's not like um, where we, we start at one place and have this direct line to, to finally being an ascended master. You know, it's like we throw in all sorts of different experiences and ways of being on our journey. Sure. In reading your book, the essence of it, in conjunction with what you just said, is how we look at things, the perception that we have about our current situation and so forth, in the sense that what I'm saying is that the present life here and now, and I say this with respect, whatever situation that one goes through, in essence, it is the playground for us to play in and learn. Yes, exactly. And I, I love the playground analogy because yeah. um, I, you know, I believe that the intention is for us to eventually manifest the wonder and delight and love and peace of the spiritual realms on the planet. And that's more of a playground experience than it is a harsh school. Now, it turns out because humans have created a lot of negativity, over the centuries, we're having to work through this negativity, and at times it seems like it's a very harsh place to be. But I mm-hmm. do believe that the intent and our goal here is for it to be a wonderful, joyful, peaceful, loving place for for everyone right. to be. Right, right. So true. And the danger here, again, with all due respect, we can't hang on to the past, and certainly we can only just imagine what the future can be, we have to live in the present moment. Exactly. And, that, and my whole, um, I'm glad you bring that up because even though I spend so much of my time working with people's prior lifetimes, the reason I'm doing it is to help them in their current life. It's not mm-hmm. so that we get stuck in the past and glorify what we did in the past, but instead we're looking at what are the things, the strengths I can bring forward from the past and apply right. more effectively right. in my current life? What are the problems or issues that are rooted in a prior life experience that are blocking me now? How can I mm-hmm. resolve them so I can move forward more freely? And what kind of spiritual knowledge and understanding can I pull forward from all of this so that it can help me now? So the focus really is on the current life. Yeah, yeah, so true. What led you to author the past life perspective? Oh, yeah. Um, well, it turns out that I, with my business background, kept very detailed mm-hmm. records and notes on all my clients over the years. And I, as my files just kept getting fatter and fatter, there was that little part <laughs> of me saying, and you should really write these stories. They're so fascinating. They have mm-hmm. so much to offer other people. Um, you really should write a book. And, I, you know, I just told my that, myself that for many years, and so then I finally said, okay, <laughs> it's time. <laughs> my daughter was getting ready to go off to college, and it's like I need to get another focus here, so I'm going to write a book. <laughs> so um, that's what I ended up doing, and that was an amazing process in and of itself. And I was fortunate enough to get an agent um, in New York who – Mm-hmm. helped place the book with a division of Simon & Schuster, so that was really awesome mm-hmm. to get, you know, a, a really big-name publisher. And, right. Um, and my thought with it all was that it's time for um, this perspective on life to get out to a larger audience, kind of more the the mm-hmm. general audience, not just the kind of new-agey folk that even this, but, but my yeah. intent was to write a book that could really normalize this for the average person, and it would be mm-hmm. the kind of read that they could be very entertained by, they could really enjoy, but that also could open up their mind to the possibilities. And, you know, kind of just put that little um, 
little thought in there that, hmm, maybe this is something that I can want to think about a little more, or what if I took this perspective, how would that mm-hmm. impact the way I approach my life? Um, mm-hmm. So that was was how the book came about, and I've been really delighted with with the response to it. I mean, I hear from so many people how fascinating they find it, how enjoyable they find mm-hmm. it, or, you know, that they sit down to read it and can't put it down. So I think I accomplished my objective. So I'm really I'm delighted mm-hmm. with that. How is this book different from other books about past life experiences? Great question. Because there are certainly some other wonderful books out there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think one of the key things that I that I did with the book was um, really try to convey what a real session looks and feels like. So it's kind of like you, it's you have this insider's view of going through a session from the therapist's point of view. In fact, one of the, the titles that we kicked around at first was Past Life Confidential, <laughs> with that <laughs> idea that you had this, you know, this special view on what, what mm-hmm. really went on. Um, mm-hmm. Because sessions, I mean, they're not straightforward most of the time. They're, we go into all sorts of twists and turns. There we get run into blocks. We have to try things to get around them. They come up with all sorts of surprises, and that's part of what makes them so fascinating because it's a little bit like a detective novel. You know, you're kind of trying mm-hmm. to find the kernel of truth in here. So that's one of the things that that I really um, worked to to do in the book, and I don't think um, many other authors have done that. Perfect. The other thing that's very different is um, I wanted to include suggested exercises and um, little meditations and things that people could do for themselves themselves to help them open up their perspective on their own. You know, it's like certainly the the greatest way to do this is to have an individualized session with with a qualified past life therapist. But not everybody can do that. Not everybody is wanting to do that. But there are quite a few things where you can um, raise your own awareness and do some investigations on your own. So I put um, put exercises at the end of each chapter. I think the other thing that's really different about my book is I really cover the whole concept of of integration and how do you integrate this knowledge into your current life? How do the lessons apply to your current life? And I demonstrate that with all the various client stories um, and then expand it so that Mm -hmm. the reader can can also see how these lessons might be working in in his or her own life. Um, And then the other thing, thing that I think is different about my book is it's just such a great read. I mean, you, you can it's mm-hmm. quick, it's mm-hmm. fast, and it's really entertaining. Um, so it does read more like a novel than, you know, this um, serious academic work. So it's sort of dry. <laughs> Certain dryness yeah, right. to it's, it. <laughs> it's definitely not dry. So. <laughs> How was your experience working with Dr. Brian Weiss? That, yeah, that was tremendous. So Brian Weiss was one of the people that uh, came to the retreat center close to my house when I first decided um, I might do this work. And um, he did a week-long training, and um, it really was a wonderful experience. So there were a group of therapists who all were, you know, from all over the world, actually, that were um, interested in learning how to how to do past life work. And he would do some demonstrations, and then he would also, we started doing regressions on each other. So we were in and out, in and out of, of trance and exploring things with each other and, and learning. And it was really wonderful. And one of the lovely things about Brian at the time was that, you know, this, despite the fact that he's known around the world, um, he was very, very personable and easy to approach. And I think there were about 50 people in this group, and he learned every single one of our names. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I was I was quite impressed with that that you know that he would care that much to try to connect sure. with each of us individually that way. Yeah. Very interesting. What are some of the issues that can be addressed with past life therapy? Is past life therapy sort of like a panacea for everything that we are encountering <laughs> right now in our life? You know, I wish we could find that magic pill that would be the panacea <laughs> for everything. <laughs> However, um, no, it's not, but, um, of course, nothing is. Um, But as I share in in the book, The Past Life Perspective, it 
can be used in a very wide variety of situations. So this, the categories that, that we might talk about would be, first of all, relationships. Um, it's very, very effective in looking at places where we have um, either problematic relationship dynamics that we just can't seem to solve. Um, so, for instance, it might be between a husband and wife, and they've got this ongoing problem that they ju- you know, it just drives them nuts, and they, they have this dynamic going. So we can go back and look at, at the origin of that and actually help change it, unlock it, um, resolve it for them, because it, it, if it's from a past life origin, it's possible to pretty quickly sometimes unhinge that. Um, we might also look at relationships with people that, that are just we're very close with, perhaps even those who have passed away and go back to lifetimes where we were together before. This is really helpful, um, particularly for people that are grieving the loss of someone really important in their lives, to be able to go back and find them in prior lifetimes and to realize that this connection is ongoing across lifetimes that you've been together before, you'll be together again, and that you're still connected. That's really, really helpful work. Um, We also might use it relationship-wise just to find out why do I feel so close to this person that I just met. You know, I have a number of people that are like, God, I met this person. I feel like, you know, I just found my best friend. Um, and we can go back and see the the roots of some of that closeness and connection. So that's the whole relationship area. Then there's mm-hmm. the area of um, emotional um, challenges, I guess that would be the word to use. So we can look for the source of depression, um, pervasive sense of guilt. Sometimes people have um, anxiety, um, those types of things that, you know, kind of emotional troubles that we Mm -hmm. have. Um, I have a great story in the book about, you know, someone who described her situation as just feeling guilty all the time, and she had no, you know, idea where this came from, but she just had always carried this sense of guilt. And we went back to um, a lifetime where it had been a... um, a guard at a concentration camp during World War II and done some pretty atrocious things Mm -hmm. and um, Mm -hmm. died at the end of that life um, feeling quite guilty. Um, And that that feeling had carried forward into the current life so that we were able to do quite a lot of processing and forgiveness work and that type of thing to then release that so she didn't have to feel that way anymore. so there's, there's all that arena of emotional challenges. Then, of course, we have um, physical issues sometimes that we're able to find the origin of. These might be things that, you know, conventional medicine just can't quite figure out, or they say, well, there's no really good reason for you to have this back pain, yet you have mm-hmm. that back pain. And sometimes we can find um, a cause from an injury in, in a prior lifetime and, and help resolve those issues. We don't, it's not certainly a, an, a, a substitute for medicine, <laughs> but it can right. help sometimes when medicine has really hit a block, or it can at least help understand where did this come from? You know, why am I the one that came down with stomach cancer? Um, I've had a number of cancer patients come in to, um, to try to see if there's a past life link sure. to, to the cause of, of mm-hmm. their cancer. Um, mm-hmm then it's also just really wonderful for um, spiritual work and looking Mm -hmm. at what's the purpose and meaning of my life, um, reconnecting with your eternal nature, uh, transcending the whole fear of death thing. I've had many, many clients who, once Mm -hmm. they've had a regression, say, you know, I just don't fear death anymore. I've, I've, you know, gone through the experience I've seen, you know, myself go through that experience multiple times and I realize that, you know, my awareness continues beyond that. It's it's just changing form. I just am not in that physical body anymore, but guess what? I'm gonna have another one. And um it's very helpful for all of that. So and then we also plug into some really wonderful deeper spiritual truths when we do this work. So um so it's not a fix all but it sure addresses a very wide of of issues for people. Very interesting. So in other words, 
for you listeners out there on the lighter side of the equation, if you are what we call it, like to be a world traveler that's in your blood, you never know. You might have been Marco Polo. <laughs> and, uh, or, or some sort of explorer, <laughs> certainly. Yeah. Yeah. I also had a, a client recently who was, oh, God, she was a nonstop traveler to the point where uh-huh. it created problems uh-huh. for her. She said she would have panic attacks if she didn't have another trip planned. And she went she went to a lifetime where she um was a polio survivor but she was stuck in a wheelchair in her private room and a few people came in and, and cared for her needs, but that was her life and it was horrible and she hated it. So it was sort of a rebound thing in this life where yeah. she had to be on the go, on the go, on the go all the time. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So if you uh, hermit or just say stay home, you might want to go through past life regression. You might have been Genghis Khan. So we never uh, know. You never know. You never know. <laughs> Should we use past life therapy to focus on positive past life experiences? Yes, actually, that's a really wonderful way also to um, to apply this because you know it, traditionally it was used more to solve problems and you know get up with phobias or or this and that, but what I've found is uh, over the years is that sometimes the, some of the most wonderful sessions will be with people that either are just wanting to explore or they want to um, see a past life where things really worked out <laughs> mm-hmm. or the life was mm-hmm. easy um, or full of love or full of, of you know um, a real sense of accomplishment, and that can really help us, especially if we're in a time yeah. of challenge in our current life and we're feeling yeah. discouraged and like it's never going to work. To actually go and see ourselves in a lifetime that that was really wonderful and things worked out and we had a lot of love and connections and um, and to realize we've done that, we know how to do it. It is a talent set that we can bring forward and we can even actually at times get mentoring from the prior personality. It's like once you've um, connected with that past life personality, it's it's a part of you now that you can use more consciously. Like you can in your times of meditation call forward your very successful business executive and and talk with that personality in, in your meditation about what do I need to do about this particular business problem I have now. Um, it's, so it's, it can be a really wonderful resource that way, too. That's very interesting, though, because one of the questions I was going to ask you is just that, in terms of discovering your hidden talents and then you sort of being able to retrieve it to bring it to the present time right now and perhaps this is the moment for you to really go over the top, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, I had um, one client who was a um, a business entrepreneur, and she was having some mm-hmm. challenges really getting her, her business going, and this role of leadership and trying to lead her team. And she went to a lifetime as a sea captain and um, who was very – committed to um, being the leader of his crew and and doing the right thing by them. And he had a lot of really important talents and skills there. Um, and, you know, so those were things that then she was able to, to pull forward and, and kind of, um, you know, strengthen herself and her current abilities. Um, right. So we very often do have um, these skills and aptitudes from the past that, that when we touch base with them and, and can re-identify with them, we, we can bring them forward more easily. One of the things you touch about in your book is the difference between real and factual. Can you talk a little bit more about that, please? Sure. So, you know, the question comes up, how do I know that these are real past life memories? And um, the what we need to look at is the fact that memory, even in our current life, may not be 100% factual and accurate. So um, if we think back to events on our childhood, um, we may remember them differently than other family members do. 
I had an ongoing debate with my mother as to who paid for my horseback riding lessons when I was a teenager because I thought I worked and paid for them, and she was saying, no, we paid for them. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, it's like I don't know what the truth was on that one. But um, So our memories are, are subjective, and mm-hmm. there, there may be a lot of fact in them, um, but there's also perhaps some inaccuracies if you look at actual facts. Um, but, mm-hmm. but they're real to us because that's how we remember them and we make meaning out of our experience. So mm-hmm. if I experienced that I was, oh, poor me, I had to pay for all my own horseback riding lessons, um, that, and I create a structure around that in my belief system and and my attitude toward things that's a, that's real for me even though maybe it wasn't totally accurate and the, the other thing that we have to remember is that history was written by human beings who had a certain point of view and so mm-hmm. even the things that we consider factual data yeah may not yeah. exactly yeah. be so right yeah. Because it's usually right. the conquerors that write the history. It's not the people right. that, that were conquered. So they're going to give you a whole different version of things. <laughs> that's so true. I'm glad you brought it up. So true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just the way it is, right? So um, right. The, so even the whole term, you know, is it factual, is it accurate? Well, even that's kind of yeah. subjective after all. But but what yeah. the point is what's real to us is the the meaning, the way we remember it and the meaning that we ascribe to it and and in our minds that is even if it's an imagined event it can be just as real as something that actually happened so um yeah that's how i make that distinction for those who are excited in accessing their past life how and where should they begin well, the first thing they should do is buy my book, The Past Life Perspective. <laughs> I like um, that. I like that. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, actually, there's there's a number of exercises in the book, as I mentioned before, that can really help people start to um, to explore and perhaps start discovering um, clues to their to their prior lifetimes, and maybe even get uh, more information on that. Then there's there's a number of resources also on my website, which is pastlives.org um, that's plural pastlives.org and, and, and including a 40 um, minute guided regression that um, that they can download and and use as a way of in their own homes um, mm-hmm. trying to recover some of their own past life memories um, and then, you know, if they really get interested in it, though, to really go in depth into a prior lifetime, typically you need to um, have a more individualized session. Um, mm-hmm. You can also, you know, you can go to a, a psychic or an astrologer and they'll tell you about some of your prior lifetimes, but again, you won't get the the depth to it usually, and also you won't have that felt experience of actually being in that prior life and in that prior personality, which is, which is an entirely different experience than someone telling you, oh, you were a Roman centurion and you died with a spear, you know, through your chest. Right. Which is very right. different than going to that lifetime, feeling yourself in that Roman centurion's body, experiencing being in battle, going through the feelings of, of what it's like to to do all of that and then experiencing the death. I mean, it's just an entirely different um, sure. level of experience. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there are many ways that people can start to explore on their own. Exploring is one thing, though. I mean, you're right. You might go back and like watch a movie of you, however many movies there are of you. But then my thought process would be how do I apply the essence of the many movies of me to the me now? I think right. that will be the difference. 
and having someone exactly. like you helping me. Right. Yeah, because, uh, you know, my whole approach is I'm a therapist, right? So the idea is we want to take this information. I mean, it can be, it can be fun and fascinating to just explore your prior lifetimes and see who you were and what yeah. you did. But to really make it useful, I'm looking at how does this apply to your current life? What are the current themes now? How do they relate to the past? Um, are there, in what ways is your life similar? In what ways is it dramatically different? Um, you know, really working through integrating this information into your current life in a way that can really help you move forward. And then we also access the higher spiritual guidance um, that can often give really, really helpful information, and that's something that that, um, I share with every client's story in the book is we really summarize, okay, here are the spiritual messages that came through and here's how they applied to that individual's life, and here's kind of the more generic version of those messages that really each of us can apply to our own lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is the number one holdup for someone to believe in regression therapy? Well, I think, you know, that's going to vary by person, but I think the main thing maybe for a lot of people is that, that it's, a concept that may not be endorsed by conventional Western society or um, Western religions. And Mm -hmm. so they're not familiar with it or they're a little scared of it um, or they think, oh, that's, you know, for someone who's a Hindu or something like that, and they just really don't Mm -hmm. understand it. Um, And so that was indeed one of the reasons why I wrote the book, was really to introduce this in a really down-to-earth way to people who perhaps, A, had never heard of it or were kind of skeptical of it, and just to, to demonstrate how um, how helpful it, this is and, and what a wider and deeper perspective it gives on the human experience if mm-hmm. we consider the possibility that we've lived multiple times that our soul is an ongoing um, entity that manifests in multiple human lifetimes. So um, I think, you know, as far as the biggest block, it's just, I think, just being willing to consider, you know, maybe I don't know everything. Maybe it, I could, you know, open my mind to this other possibility and just see what what it shows me. Right, right. So true. My take is the fact that if you are, quote-unquote, have used this word before, I'm soul-searching, then you need to try it. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Yeah. If you have run into situations where you have tried all other avenues in finding solutions that you cannot seem to be satisfied with, then perhaps as a type A person, in a way, and type A doesn't mean that you have to be a CEO of a company, a type A person who is someone who is to take charge, then mm-hmm. why not? That's the way exactly. I look and at things. Yeah. You have nothing to lose, really. It's, um, it's a yeah. fascinating way to just explore more aspects of who you are, to understand right. yourself better, and to um, perhaps release some of the, the things that are getting in your way. Yeah, yeah. Well, what would you like for skeptics to gain from reading your book? Well, I think I'd like skeptics to um, just, you know, consider the possibility. Um, I'd love for mm-hmm. them to be entertained by the stories because the stories in and of themselves are wonderful and fascinating. And the thing is, a skeptic can just consider them as wonderful metaphors for um, whatever the issue was in the in the client's life and to realize that there's some really wonderful life lessons from these stories, whether or not they're true past life stories. It doesn't matter so much. Um, And the interesting thing is it's a form of therapy that seems to work very quickly for many, many people. um, So from a therapist's point of view, it doesn't really matter if if these are absolutely true and they're real past lives or not. They're... um, they're very, very rich metaphors and, that are very, very helpful, and, and this kind of work really appeals to 
many people who would otherwise not consider themselves, you know, wanting to go to a therapist, but they they mm-hmm. consider past life work something that that they happily would do. So I think for the skeptic, it's just you know really opening the mind and considering the possibility and being entertained. Wonderful. How about for true believers? What would you like them to have a takeaway from the book? Well, I think with the true believers, I mean, there's a difference between just believing in reincarnation and then really understanding how our prior lives are impacting us now, the extent to which they impact us, and the fact that that they can both hinder and help us. So I think this would be, um, reading my book would really help the believer understand how pervasive the influence of our prior lives are and how um, helpful it can be to actually um, dig in detail into some of the, the past lifetimes. I think many, many people believe in it, but they don't realize quite how rich of a resource our prior lives are for us and how we can harness that. Um, and then also just the whole spiritual aspect of exploring your past lives and, and how much amazing spiritual inspiration we can get from that. Wonderful. By the way, I know you mentioned your website before. Please tell us again yes. your website so that the listeners can get information about you and keep up with your latest happenings. Absolutely. So it's um, past lives, P-A-S-T-L-I-V-E-S dot O-R-G. Um, and there's information there on upcoming book signings and um, workshops and events. And I do have a, a little blog where I, every week I post something maybe about a client story or something else that's going on. And um, quite a bit of information if you want to learn more about um, prior lifetimes and past life therapy. I read somewhere where you are a connoisseur of garlic. Can you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> That's pretty funny. So I, I live in Gilroy, California, which is known as the garlic capital of the world. We have um, this annual garlic festival that I think has been going on close to 30 years now, which actually keeps all of the nonprofits of our area going because people volunteer at the garlic festival and um, – and then the money goes to whatever charitable organization they want for their for their hours. The funny thing is, is even though I'm half Sicilian and I live in Gilroy, I cannot eat garlic. Um, I'm pretty allergic <laughs> to it. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> pretty pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> We're coming close to the end of the hour. Since our show is about people, family, and living life, would you like to share a recipe for living with our listeners this morning? Oh, my goodness, a recipe for living. Um, well, I summarized this toward the end of my book, and I think um, what I want to say is that even though we've lived many, many lifetimes in different bodies and personalities, the one that you're here to work with now is your current life, your current personality. So do the absolute best you can to discover what your talents and gifts are to resolve whatever's blocking you and to go forward and live the biggest, best life that your current personality can embrace because you are unique in this particular lifetime and you have something to offer and it's up to you to to get out there and use it for the good of others and then to just really focus on kindness, compassion, and love. That's kind of the bottom line that comes through in every client's um, Regression is those are the key things that that are really important in life. That's fantastic. And thank you for the wonderful recipe for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mom's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me next Tuesday morning. My guest will be Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will be discussing Chicken Soup's latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Power of Gratitude. 101 stories about how being thankful can change your life. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to fmmktalkradio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. Amy, it has been a true pleasure. Thank you again and have a blessed day. Thanks, Donnie. It was really wonderful talking with you. Thank you. Bye-bye.